Welcome to another Rural Realities Podcast, presented by the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. On this episode of the Rural Realities Podcast, we are talking about youth in agriculture. I'm Karen Endress, Farmer Wellness Program Coordinator at the Wisconsin Farm Center. As a mother of three and married to a farmer, this topic is important to me. According to the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, in 2014, an estimated 12,000 youth were injured on farms. 4,000 of these injuries were due to farm work. Now, what other industry, I don't know, that we can think of, do youth actually live on the farm or close to the farm or close to that factory, right? Agriculture is so unique because our kids are living in the midst of a manufacturing facility with big equipment, with large animals. So we can see how this has become a focus and a priority to really look at youth and farm safety. Joining me today are Sydney Mel and her brother Sam. They have grown up on a southern Wisconsin dairy farm, and unfortunately, they understand the statistic firsthand. In this episode, I'm looking forward to sharing their journey in agriculture, lessons they have learned, and their hopes and dreams for their futures. To start off, Sydney, can you tell us about growing up in agriculture? I grew up on a 200-cow milking farm and kind of started uh, feeding calves when I was in seventh grade um, and uh, was trusted with that uh, when I was just in seventh grade, it was, I guess I was not very responsible, and then I was, I guess. Um, so I started with my brother and my friend, um, and we just started feeding the calves and uh, just pushing up TMR and that kind of stuff. And then throughout the years and throughout high school, I um, was able to start milking and, um, you know, doing bunkers and, um working cattle and giving vaccines and uh, through that I got involved in FFA, um, was the reporter, uh, was the vice president and then in senior year was the president um, and was able to do all kinds of um, activities and events like uh, dairy judging and um, doing parliamentary procedure um, all through my high school years uh, which was kind of made me into a bit of a leader I would say. but also um, showing cattle, like with Karen's daughters, um, and uh, just growing through that as well, and just finding my love of dairy, um, and just working with them, and um, just learning how to help them and how they work. Um, And then uh, when I was a senior, I decided I wanted to go to the UW-Madison to study dairy science, and so that's where I am now, and uh, am uh, finding my place there, doing more dairy things and learning. Uh, and so my story, that was a bit of my story, and then my kind of life flipped over last April, and I uh, came home for Easter for um, uh, from school and was uh, feeding calves with my brother and friend and then Sam and I, my brother Sam, uh, went up to the bunker to cut some tarp, and I had an accident, and I fell off of the bunker. Um, don't remember it, any of it, so this is kind of all, you know, what people have told me. Um, 
And so I was uh, put to the ICU and was in five-hour surgery for my back and was um, paralyzed from the waist down, and I still am. Um, and it was just a big turn and just kind of, sh- I never thought it would happen to me, and I don't think anyone thinks that, um, that anything like this could happen to them. Um, and so I am just working to walk and working to wake my legs up. Um, and uh, I have such great friends at the university that is helping me and um, just to get through, uh, just wheeling myself around and wheeling in a, uh, uh, auto, what is it, a automatic wheelchair, what should I call the Death Star, because um, it's all black and I feel cool. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I can't imagine that all the hard work you've put in to get yourself back on campus. I mean, high five, because that can't be easy to going from being an active college student and then having to take a really sharp turn and now focused on your health and, and getting better. And I love your word. For anybody who doesn't know, Sydney has a word yet that she hasn't walked yet. And I love that because that just really inspires the hope that between your hard work and efforts of technology and all the research, the medical research that's out there, that you will get there. And so what do you think really helped you um, in those first few weeks or that month to really overcome and say, yes, I still want to go after my dream. I still need to get back on campus. I still want to be a student. Yeah. The big word and the big thing that helped me was community. Um, Just having the ag community behind me and just hearing all their, um, they're just words of encouragement and um, just having them behind me. Um, And even, you know, just with my friends, which these ag girls that, you know, will carry me upstairs and will uh, get me from A to Z um, is just what kind of gets me through and just gives me that hope um, because I just have them always with me. and they always make sure that I feel included. Um, but just the ag community, we had like a fundraiser for the DeForest and, you know, almost raising uh, over $3,000 for AgAbility um, was just amazing. Um, and just not having to worry about the price of things too for my therapy and all that kind of stuff with everyone's donations and just giving giving me things and um, just giving me my treadmill to work on and my bike to ride um, is just, just gives me so much hope and just gets getting through life so much easier. That's great. And you said community, but I want to make sure too that listeners know, yes, there's been a lot of money raised, but you've also donated some of that back and to give out to others. And because I think that was a great word, community that you can also give back to the community and help others. So thank you for doing that and giving back to AgriAbility, which is a great program that helps farmers who want to keep farming but maybe either have a disability or a limitation that they can't. So thank you for that. And I love that word of community. And that was one of my questions is what type of support did you have? And it sounds like the ag community really came together to help you and your fellow students that help you day in and day out, which is awesome. 
what could you share with other youth about being on a farm? Yeah, um, just, you know, you always want to have fun and just enjoy what you're doing, but just know that there are risks. Because really when I was on the bunker, you know, like, you know, I did it all the time. You know, it's one of those things. But, like, just sometimes things just get screwed up where there's a high wind. Um, so just because you do it every day doesn't mean it's always going to be safe. Um, so just knowing uh, knowing that and that there are risks, and even if you're driving machinery and there's a storm or something like that, you know, just knowing and just taking this, just taking the safe route. You know, you you want to get your work done and that kind of stuff, but if there's a safer way, and even though you think you can do it, just be safe, <laughs> really. Isn't that the truth? I think it's in our farm culture that we really want to get so much done in a day. And I know farmers take a risk. My husband had a farm accident. I get it. It's real because we think we just have to do this one thing to get the job done so that everybody can go in the house and and enjoy time together or get to that meal. And so sometimes we don't take that pause to look around. So I appreciate you sharing that, that just take a pause and examine your surroundings, examine weather conditions and things that are going on, because that pause could be very valuable to make that decision. So appreciate that. What do you want to do after college? What's in your future? Yeah, uh, definitely something with cows uh, and just uh, being around them and working with them. So either going back to the farm or finding uh, a job in the dairy industry. Uh, still, I'm not sure, kind of working it out like most of the dairy science students that I am with. Um, but definitely continuing to farm. I think that's just something I was raised with and something that I've always known that I wanted to keep doing. Um, and it comes with like showing cattle and that kind of stuff, just raising a herd that I can be proud of um, and uh, just, uh, expanding my knowledge on the Holstein breed, which I love. Maybe going to a milking shorthorn, but you know, like just having a few of them, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> That's awesome. Who said you can't have one of the many breeds of dairy cattle, right? Whichever one, they're all still beautiful animals. And we're going to jump in and talk to Sam in a second here. But before we switch over to that, one last question. If you could take something away, even one or two things, what did that accident teach you as an individual? Oh, wow. Um, so many things. I think the value of friendship is definitely one of them, and just having people to stick by you, um, and just especially the family, too, because I wouldn't be here really if it wasn't for my family and uh, supporting me and being with me um, and just helping me get up in the morning and uh, go, uh, go to sleep at night kind of thing. Um, so just having that aspect, uh, just having support and just having people behind you is really, I've never really, I thought, you know, you can kind of get through life being independent and that kind of stuff, but really, which I always thought I was independent, but now, like, I just see, like, I wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for family or friends, really. Um, and just having that and appreciating that is what really stuck out to me through this. It's true, and we're going to circle back to that community, right? Family, community, and I think agriculture, just growing up in rural or smaller communities, that's always been part of our culture. Something happens on a farm, and 
other farmers step in to help harvest that crop or take care of that next few milkings or whatever needs to be done, whether it's your own family or your community of families. So I think although the culture of of agriculture in general can also be a stressful environment, it can also be the most kind and caring and helpful environment as well. Well, I appreciate that, and I can't wait to learn a little bit about Sam and his future. So we're going to hand that mic over. Sam, I want to ask you to tell us about growing up in agriculture and what you see from your agriculture journey so far, and where do you want to go? Yeah, so growing up in ag obviously was a huge part of my life. Kind of with my background with Sid, um, we started feeding calves around the same time. I would have been in between my fourth grade and fifth grade year of school. Uh, And like she said, starting with calves and moving up, doing vaccinations, helping with PMR. um, I started getting more into the field work with plowing and learning more about the tillage and soil and different crops as well. Um, I eventually did get into milking, but that took me a little bit longer than it took Sid just because it wasn't necessarily my forte. Um, I am currently a junior in high school, so I've also been very involved in our local FFA chapter. I'm currently one of our vice presidents and look to continue my story through that because it has been such a huge part of my life. Um, kind of with Sid's accident, my view, per se, um, we were both up there together, up by the bunkers, and she had fallen and was wrapped up. I didn't necessarily see her fall because I was on the other side of the bunker, but I had to get her unraveled from the plastic because I couldn't necessarily see her. Um, And then trying to get people there, like my family around and ambulances and all that good stuff. Um, So they had to take her kind of into the hospital. And because of COVID, they only allowed two people in the emergency room. So unfortunately, at the beginning, I got kicked out into the car parking lot and kind of had to stay in one of our cars and not really get anything because I wanted my parents to be in there with Sid. Um, Due to some very not pleased parents, um, I got into the emergency room to see her before she got into surgery, just for a short while, but it definitely meant a lot to me to be able to see her. And then one of our ag teachers had came and picked me up. so I wouldn't be alone. I think that was a big part um, of what kept me successful throughout this. Talk about community, right? That an ag teacher comes down under such a stressful time and is really that backbone, not only that educator, but that mentor and just that family support. I can't imagine from your shoes having to be the first responder Um, And, you know, shout out to all those first responders out there because they don't know what they're going to come to, but that you were thoughtful enough to be able to get there and to call for help right away so that Sid could get to the hospital as quick as she did. How did that fall impact you directly? You talked a little bit about right after, but now going forward, has that changed your thoughts on agriculture or thoughts about what you want to do or what you already have done by even taking a leadership role? Absolutely. Um, kind of looking back, it has affected me in more ways that, than I could even think about. Um, just how you look at life 
every day, kind of seeing what could go wrong more. Back before the accident, I didn't really look at the risks as much as I'd like to say I did. Um, but yeah, definitely looking at what could happen with all these things and with the community kind of showing that there's really no community like the ag community. I mean, they were behind us the whole way from the day it happened still to now. I mean, we had different farms offering to help, people bringing us, my dad and I, food when they were, when my mom and sister were in Chicago for a little over a month and it was just us two. People checking in, um, helping with yard work, farm work. I mean, they, they made it so much easier on us. That's great. And looking ahead, being a junior, right, I'm sure you're starting to think, okay, what's after high school? And great job being a leader in your FFA and DeForest FFA, shout out. Great program, one of the best in the state. And so you are definitely in good hands there. What do you want to do after high school? What are your thoughts? My thoughts for after high school currently is I want to attend UW-Madison. And I'm not exactly sure what I want to major in, but right now I'm looking towards agronomy. I do want to stay in the agricultural field, but more with the crop portion, not as much the animal or cow portion, just because it's kind of what I like to do. After that, I'm not really sure yet. That's great. Well, we all have a lot of fields out there, and sustainability, big topic right now. And so a lot of that goes into the cropping and how you crop and all the innovations with the cover cropping and things like that. So that will be amazing. And you can always have some animals on the side, right? That doesn't take that away. So how has, Sam, in your view, how has your family dynamic changed? Because when I look at your family, you guys were such hard workers. I mean, out side by side with your dad, with your mom, even taking care of your horses and your other animals. And so how, how did that family dynamic change? Yeah, it changed a lot, especially when Sid and my mom were in Chicago, um, just kind of leaving my dad and I at home where it used to be four and now it was two. We definitely had to take on a bigger role in not only the farm, but keeping our household standing. Um, I know that we learned a lot about my mom's animals. My mom's a large animal vet, so she has just about any animal under the sun up in our shed. So we had to kind of learn. Love that. <laughs> Here I thought it was B. We had to learn how to clean the house. or No, we had to learn how to take care of all these animals that, that they had left so they could focus on Sid getting better. Yeah, we definitely learned a lot. And also when they did come back, kind of learning how to work with Sid because my, well, my mom was down at PT with her, and my dad and I didn't really know how to, how to do all these things, transfer her around and move her comfortably and all that stuff. So that was definitely a big learning curve for us as well, and especially for me. I know when I was growing up, she was kind of always my Uber, driving me around places, but it's definitely a lot weirder to be in the driver's seat driving her to PT in school, and I definitely had to get used to driving into Madison, which I'm not a fan of, but... I know, it really stinks when you lose your Uber driver, doesn't it? Come on. But luckily, you are at an age where you could drive and be a part of that. Because like you said, everybody's role had to change and to take care of that. I know we're on, on a podcast and we're listening, so you can't see from when I first saw Sydney after the accident to today. It's amazing. Everything she can do and move around and be involved 
But I'm going to flip that mic back over to Sydney and ask her about the accessibility of this world. Because I'm sure you came across some discoveries pretty fast about what you could do and not do that you used to do before just because our world isn't built for wheels, correct? It's built for feet. So what did you discover even going back to school or just trying to maneuver in your, even around your house or outside to go see all your animals? Yeah, definitely. I um, was very surprised. I, you know, I always have to, when I'm going places to see if they have an elevator or just not being able to just go places um, and finding if they have accessible parking and that kind of stuff. Uh, Even going up to the barn, you know, like a lot of farmers, we have a gravel driveway that's on a hill. And so getting up there, I'm going to probably always need help because even with the motorized wheelchair you know the gravel can make the wheels spin and I'm like oh I need someone to push me um, and at, on campus uh, if there's snow I it's not really possible to get over snowbank so I have to kind of wait for it to all be plowed uh, so that is hard and I went to Washington on a collegiate farm bureau trip uh, earlier this month and earlier in March and uh I got to a restaurant and they had stairs and so one of the senior guys had to pick me up and carry me up two flights of stairs because their elevator was broken. Um, So it's just crazy and that happened at another restaurant as well. So it's just, you know, you have to rely on so much more and you don't um, just, you see stairs and you have to go a different way. And so that was really hard and, you know, having that stubborn farmer uh, personality that a lot of us have is just hard because you're like, no, I want to do this, but there's no way you can or else you're going to fall down some stairs. So, and we don't, you know, I can't get back up in my wheelchair. So, you know, so um, that's been really hard, especially growing up in, with stubborn parents and stubborn uncles and that kind of stuff. It, uh, it was uh, mind-blowing the, the way that I have to rely on other things. True. Like I have noticed the more now, now it's made me heighten my awareness. Where are the elevators or where are the doors to go in or the, the, it's not always the shortest path. It tends to be the longest path. And I think we need to really call for some change as we look at designing buildings or even designing our sidewalks. And things. I mean, I know they've made a big push to make those the ramps to get on and off sidewalks wider, but it's amazing how inaccessible our world is. Or when you start a restaurant, to really think about a whole population that needs access. And so I appreciate you teaching me that lesson to think about as we do things in our lives to plan for that because we don't know. And and people, you want to be with those people in your life or to go with a group, and it's really challenging. So I thank you for opening up our eyes to that. And I, I really do appreciate that. What, um, when you think about agriculture and accessibility, do you think we have enough assistive technology if you would want to have your own animals or to be able to farm and you're not quite walking yet, 
but you're getting close. Do you, do you think there is enough technology to help you reach those dreams? Yeah, definitely through agability. Uh, I have seen a lot, like they have skit sears that you can side. Um, and the robotics for milking has just been, wow, that's just very crazy. I'm learning about that in school right now. So having those options is uh, just makes it a lot more accessible, especially if um, I'm not walking. And, um, you know, my mom and Sam have kind of explored those options through AgAbility. Um, even having um, pitchforks that have little handles on them, you know, like it's just even just the smallest stuff they can uh, make accessible to you. Um, so, I mean, working cattle is always the hard part, I feel. So I, I haven't really, like, figured that out. But I know there are farmers, even in Wisconsin, that do farm in a wheelchair. So um, talking with them. Um, and I know I'll always have family and that kind of stuff as well. So if I do need help, so always having that aspect. But um, I think as time goes on, it, everything does come more accessible. And uh, I can always, you know, you can find the right people to talk to. That's great. And I think just sharing your story and encouraging and talking to people, to future engineers, I'm sure you're surrounded with them at Madison, to let them know, like, we need to develop these technologies so that if you do want your own tractor someday, or you do want to do, you do want to be around livestock or your horses, or that there are ways to make that happen, and we just need to keep pushing development. Just like on the medical research side, we need to keep pushing our egg engineers to make that happen. So thank you for sharing that with us. And Sam, from your perspective, what things do you see that could make farming and being around livestock or working on the crops more accessible for your sister? Yeah, um, I went to an agribility um, talk once at Carly Stotts here in Wanakee, um, and they had all sorts of different hand controls that they could put in different vehicles and tractors and things like that. Also, um, kind of like Sid was talking about with the extra handles on pitchforks, I think even farmers that are not uh, have di- don't have disabilities or limitations could use that because it makes it so much easier on your back. I think that's a very big thing. Um, and they also had different things where they would invite, where you could invite one of their representatives out to your farm and just kind of show them what you have to do. And they could bring up ideas and brainstorm ideas for what would make it easier for you. And I think that is very important because you don't necessarily know what could be easier. And those representatives have ideas of what has already been done that would make it so much easier and you'd have no idea. That's awesome. And yeah, big shout out to AgriBility in Wisconsin, as well as the national, for continuing to work and push all those forward because there is ways to do certain jobs and make it better, and we're creative. I think we can think of a lot of different things. I never even thought of the pitchfork, but how frustrating would that be with a long handle to try to make that work? So just the little things, right? Yeah, definitely. So that's awesome. So... Well, I really appreciate you guys sharing some time talking about this. You both show tremendous resiliency. And I think farmers are resilient. It's part of our culture. But just both of you and your family 
And I know through our conversation, I've definitely been inspired to keep thinking and keep looking at ways to make people aware, to make agriculture more accessible. And I have a lot of hope for our future and even more hope with you two being part of it because you grew up in agriculture, you grew up on the farm, you've hands-on, boots in the ground, and you're going to make agriculture that much stronger with your leadership skills. I want both of you to leave our listeners with one message. I know that's a tough question, right? One message that you would like to share. And so we'll let Sam go first because we're going to give Sid a, a minute to think about that. So one message you would like people to remember from listening today. Um, I think one message that I would share is when if life throws you adversity, you just have to overcome. I think if we would have sat here and just kind of dwelled on what happened to Sid, we wouldn't be half as far as we are with her getting closer to walking. Um, the improvements that we have made from working continuously every night is tremendous. And I know it's not easy for us as a family to see because we are around her so often. But when we see people every couple of weeks or every couple of months and they tell us kind of the improvements that they have seen, I think that definitely strives and shows us that what we are doing is working. Just like farm work, right? Rehab, PT, hard work, not always fun. Probably gets kind of boring some days, I'm going to assume, because it's the same things over and over again, or maybe you don't feel like it today, but you know, right? Just like if you don't feed your calves or you don't clean out the calf hutches or you just know those are the things that make the difference. And I think those lessons learned and then applying it to what you guys have done, you're right. It's, it's hard work. It's not easy. And thank you for that message because that is so important. All right, Sid, you're up. Looking forward to hearing what your lesson and what you could leave, that one message for all of us. Well, this is hard because there's just so many, but I think I'm just going to go back to the community. And if you feel like you're alone in this world, there's just so many people in your corner. Um, and you just may never know uh, because I... There's so many people I don't even know that are supporting me and praying for me every day. Um, and just know that if you need help or if you um, just feel like you're not appreciated, you are. And especially farmers, you know, there's always so many that are, they just farm alone and that kind of stuff. But, you know, so many people appreciate them and they have an impact on so many people just feeding people too that they don't even know. Um so I think I've, that's what, especially what I've learned through this is that I'm really not alone and that people, I'm an inspiration I, as people keep telling me and people aren't building bunkers because of me and that kind of stuff. And um, I just want to, everyone to know that they are appreciated and some, that everyone has someone. So That's a great message. I really, really appreciate that because it's the truth, right? I think... For me, in my role, when I talk about farmer mental health or just knowing that you're not alone, I think that's the biggest thing. And we all have to go back to why do we farm and what's that calling? And I've spent a lot of time talking about that, but that greater why, and you mentioned it, right? We're feeding people. What's more important in this world than feeding our neighbors and our communities? And that community that 
you were taking care of is now get to come back and help take care of you and all the progress that has been made and the support your family is seeing either that you see or like you mentioned that you don't see out there and the changes. Look at what you've implemented already for people not building bunker silos, making farming safer. I mean, right there, I can't think of a more important thing that has come out of this is just making agriculture safer and appreciate you talking to us, both of you sharing what you went through, where you are today. And like I said, I do really love that word yet because I think we can all live by that, right? Not every day is easy. Not everything comes, but if we just say, but it's not there yet. I still have hope. I'm still going after it. So appreciate you sharing with everybody and you're not walking yet, but when we come back and all your progress you're making, I wish I could show around Sid's environment, so many PT equipment, she's working really hard. So I encourage you all to take inspiration from that and go out, work hard, and just listen to your greater calling and know you're not alone with that community. Resiliency community. That's all for today. Hope you guys enjoyed our Rural Realities podcast on youth in agriculture. The Wisconsin Farm Center with the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection provides a variety of services to farmers and farm families across Wisconsin, including financial consulting, transition planning, conflict mediation, veterinary diagnostic analysis, a farmer wellness program, and more. For additional info, you can call the Wisconsin Farm Center toll-free at 1-800-942-2474 or email them farmcenter at wisconsin.gov. Also, the website address is datcp.wi.gov. Also, if you're experiencing depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, or just need a welcoming ear to talk to, call the free and confidential 24-7 Wisconsin Farmer Wellness Helpline at 888-901-2558 to talk with a stress counselor anytime. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Rural Realities Podcast.